Thanks so much for listening today. We hope that through this message, you are being filled with the grace and hope found in the person of Jesus Christ. If this message and ministry has made an impact on you in any way, be sure to let us know about it by emailing us at mystory@thefuelchurch.com. And even if you couldn't be here in person, be sure to check in with us on Instagram and Facebook to let us and others know that you are listening and growing with us here at Fuel Church. Every month through these check-ins, we are making a global difference. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Are you ready for the word today? Because I'm ready to bring it. Did you bring your amener? Because the first service was quiet, I'll just tell you right now. And I told them the 1015, they are fired up today. I could feel it. I could feel it. Well, hey, we're in week three of our series, Ducks in a Row, and uh, we're talking about stewardship and generosity. Can we say those two words together? Stewardship and generosity. One more time. Stewardship and generosity. I believe uh, after my study of God's word for almost 25 years, I found that these are two cornerstones for what God desires to do in our lives as Christ followers. Like if we're going to see the promises of God, the principles of God working in our lives, it's going to take stewardship and generosity. It's going to take both of them. And so we titled this series Ducks in a Row, and I brought my ducks again. Aren't they cute? And they are in a row, and some of your ducks are not in a row, right? And that's why we're doing the series. And so we, we, we titled Ducks in a Row, and here's what it means, to have order, to be well-prepared, or well-organized for something that is going to happen, to have order in our money, to be prepared. Um, I've told you story after story about my life, my wife and I's life, and how, how our finances at times have been out of order. We have not been well-prepared, and we have not been organized. Um, and so I believe each of us in here could say, I've, I'm either in that season or I went through that season, right? And so um, the Bible has a lot to say about money, and so the questions we're attempting to answer in this series is this. Number one, how am I handling the current resources that I have? What does that look like for me? Am I, am I being a good steward over it? Am I well-prepared? Am I organized? Right? And then the second thing we're asking is this. Can God trust us with his resources? So number one, how... How am I handling my current finances? Number two, can God trust us with his resources? And so last week, we titled our message, Giving is All About the Heart. If you weren't here, I encourage you to jump on the podcast and grab that. And we found out that God is not trying to take something from us, but God is trying to get something to us. Amen? We found out that God just wants one thing, and that's our heart, and that many of us are having a heart attack. Do you remember it? You didn't remember it? You got to go listen again, right? You only get one-tenth of what I'm saying up here. So discouraging as a pastor. So discouraging. Anyway, so God wants our what? Our heart. He wants our heart because the Bible says, Jesus said it, Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we can go to where you put your treasure and we can find out where you put your heart. Right? And so we said it like this, your treasure is, is a tracking device to your heart. Wherever you put your money will find your heart. And so every day we have this tension, don't we? As, as human beings, we have this tension and we have this pull for our heart. 
The culture that we live in is trying every day to get us to worship money and stuff and possessions. The culture that we live in is shoving that down our throat, trying to get us to live just for the almighty dollar instead of the almighty God. Now, I will cue you in on something. This message is kind of like when you were young and your mom said you need to take this liquid medicine that tastes like black licorice. If you like black licorice, I need to pray for you after the service. I need to lay hands on you suddenly. I'm joking, but not really. Um, I hate the smell of black licorice. I'm just saying it. Anyway, so this message is kind of like taking that medicine today, okay? So everybody just sit back and just take your medicine, right? The word is like a medicine to our soul. Sometimes we need it, right? And so, so, so we see that, that, that this culture is pulling us. This culture is trying to get us consumed with wanting more and more and more stuff for the sake of having more and more stuff so we can keep up with the Joneses. Now, don't get offended if your last name is Jones. I'm not talking about you. Amen? To keep up with someone else's kids. And, and so this culture wants our heart. God wants our heart, and this world wants our heart. I said God wants our heart, and this world wants our heart. And here's what I want us to know today, that the world wants you to serve money. It wants you to serve money. It wants you to serve money instead of serving God. Quiet up in this Presbyterian church. Look at Matthew 6, 24. This is Jesus. We know it because it's in red. Jesus said, if you want to get mad, get mad at Jesus. No one can serve what? Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be what? devoted to one and despise the other. Here we go. What are you talking about, Jesus? You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus, whoa. Those are some hard words. Settle down, JC. (laughs) You cannot serve both God and money. I told you Jesus talked a lot about money in the scriptures. You should read your Bible. He talked more about money and possessions and things than he did heaven and hell combined. Look it up. I'm not lying to you. Jesus said you can't serve both. So Jesus knew that money would be the number one competitor for our hearts. He knew that money would be the number one. He knew that we would have to live, right? We'd have to eat. We'd have to make a living. We'd have to have money to survive, right? But he also knew that we could get into a trap where we start serving money instead of money serving us. Stay with me. Stay with me. Jesus knew that money would be the number one competitor of our hearts. Why? Because money promises what only God can provide. Money promises what only God can provide. What does it promise? Two things. Happiness, security. Happiness and security, doesn't it? Happiness. Let's start there. If I had enough, I'd be happy. And so we grind, and so we try to get more, thinking that if I get more, then I'll be happy. So we, we get a bigger house because we're not happy with this house. 
It's too small and we got to get something bigger. And so, so, so we grind and we, and we work and we work and we work so hard that, that we even forsake our family at times. And our marriage is struggling because, hey, seven days a week I can get overtime. And then your kids don't see you for four months. And they wonder who daddy is. Anyway, I better keep to my message, Mama B. They, they don't want to hear this. <laughs> Happiness. It, money promises what only God can provide. If I, if I get the upgrade on the countertop, then, then I'll be happy. If I can get the granite or the marble. If I, if I get the car with all the options, the heated seats and the air-conditioned seats on my bum in the summer. Come on, somebody. If I could get that, then, then I'll be happy. If I can get, go out to eat more often, if I can go on more vacations, I see everybody on Facebook. It must be that that's where happiness is. They're on a beach, and I'm at the Kokomo Beach. <laughs> made you laugh. You're all tense in the back row. I just made you laugh. Huh? They're all sporting new clothes, and I'm sitting here trying to sew up the holes in my clothes. Come on, somebody. And you think that's happiness. And we think, we think because what we see, we think that, man, if I just have more money, I'd be happy. But then you get all this and you realize that only true joy comes from God. It doesn't come from having stuff. Stuff is okay. Stuff is nice in its proper place. We know that God doesn't mind that we live. We're, we're talking about living a blessed life, right? God doesn't mind that we're blessed. He just minds when things have control over us, when we serve money. Because the world and the enemy of your soul wants you to serve money. But God wants you to serve him and have money serve you. Somebody tweet that real quick. Tweet, 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 tweet. So money promises what only God can provide. Pro promises happiness and then security. Security says if I, if I just had enough, then all my problems would go away. If I just had enough, I wouldn't have to worry about the future. I wouldn't have to worry about retirement. I wouldn't have to worry about the kids' college. I wouldn't have to worry. And, and, and so it promises us security, but it lets us down every time. We think I'll feel secure if I had enough, but then we realize only God can give us true security. When you are secure in Christ, can't nobody talk you out of your relationship with Christ. Money promises us what only God can provide. Well, I, I would just never serve money. I would never serve, I would never do that, Pastor Jacob. But we all have, including me. We've all been at a place where we serve money. Um, have you ever bought something that you didn't need? And a year later, you went to your closet and found the tags on it, you didn't even need it, right? You ever spring clean and you're like, man, I've never wore this, I've never wore this, I've never wore that. We're serving money. Have you ever compromised your integrity for the sake of financial gain? We're serving money. We're serving money. Have you ever lied about your kid's age to save a dollar at a theme park? <laughs> Got you. Got you up in the house of God. Got you. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. 
Have you ever got a, a cup of water but filled it with Coke? Serving money. Because you don't want to pay the $1.50 for a Coke. And so you act like you're getting water, but really you're getting lemonade. Those who laugh have done it. Because they know the water is connected to the lemonade. <laughs> Woo! And, and I'll never forget when the Holy Spirit told me I was stealing when I did that. I did that. Your pastor did that. Some of you are going to look at me different. <laughs> he stole it. He stole the lemonade. I did. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I thought it was no big deal. And the Holy Spirit said, you're stealing. You're robbing from people. And you're serving money. You don't want to pay $1.50 for your child to get a Coke. Come on, somebody. So you're lying and saying you want a water cup. Ain't no water in that cup. It's brown. It's Coca-Cola. You're leaving the thing with the, says water on the outside with Coca-Cola. Everybody done seen you do that with your fuel shirt on. Quack, quack. Hmm? We've all done it. Cheated on your taxes ever? You're serving money. Oh, I can't get it. Don't raise your hand. I, we're, we're serving money. We're, we're, we want more money, so we cheat. God said, what did Jesus say? You can't have two masters. You either serve one or hate the other. You love one or love the other. You can't serve both God and money. You, you, you ever uh, stop paying on a bill so you could go on vacation? Serving money. Uh, I'm going to rob from Peter to pay Paul. You, you ever wanted to go on vacation so bad that for a year and a half you worked seven days a week just to go on that vacation? Serving money. Hmm? We've all served money. And we've all tried to gain happiness and security through it. But Jesus said, listen. You won't gain it through that. You won't gain it through it. You can't serve both. You're either going to serve God or money. 1 Timothy 6.10 says this, for the love of money is the source of all kinds of evil. Would you agree with that? I mean, you ever watch those shows where people murder for money? People are crazy over a dollar, over a little amount. Someone uh, a couple months ago Killed someone in the cashier for $40.32. You're going to kill somebody for $40? Come to me, I'll give you the money. Right? People are crazy. Why? The love of money. The love of money is the source of all kinds of evil. And listen to what he says. This is wild. This is in your Bible, by the way. Some have been so eager to have it that they have wandered away from the faith. They've wandered away from serving God. They're no longer in the church anymore because they love money and have broken their hearts with many sorrows. They live a sorrowful, grieving life because they serve money and not God. I want to challenge you today. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? Because in my life, there have been times when I served money. I wanted stuff. I wanted a bigger house. I wanted a better car. And let me tell you, I'll never forget when that thing was released off of my life. Now it does not serve. I, I do not serve it. It serves me because when I serve God, money serves me. Now my car has got about 20 dings on the door because of my kids. 
ask me if I care. Now my house is all walls, all mess. Ask me if I care. 12, 13, 14 years ago, I would say yes. Now it doesn't matter. Because one day, none of this stuff's gonna matter. So he says, hey, I don't mind that you have money. You need to make money, by the way. The Bible says a man doesn't work, a man should not eat. So if your husband's saying he sh- he, he's not called to work, he's violating the word of God. Go work. Get a J- the word for today is J-O-B. Some of you get that. All the ex-potheads got it. And all the current ones did too. Some have been so eager to have it that they've fallen away from God. We're so consumed with stuff that we quit serving God. Stuff will never get you to heaven. You know a bigger house will never get you to heaven. You know your kids having the latest and greatest clothes and shoes will never get them to heaven. Some have wandered from the faith. Some that were sitting here a couple months ago, a year ago, two years. Because an opportunity came up to make a lot of money. So now we work seven days a week. Don't have time for God. I better get back to this, Mom. I can feel the stare. They're piercing me right now. So, 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 three indicators, and then I'll get out of your way. I got 10 minutes and 46 seconds left. Three indicators of people who love and serve money. Number one, they never have enough. People that love and serve, you notice they never have enough? Look at this, Ecclesiastes 5.10. This is written by the richest man in the world to ever live, Solomon. He says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Did you see that? If you love it and serve it, you'll never be satisfied. Well, I just need to work more so I can get more. I just, I just need to work more. I need to buy this and I need to buy that. And I, you know what I noticed? There's a difference between a need and a want. And I think we've mixed the two together. Because there are, there are needs in your life, like you need food, clothing, shelter every day, right? And then there are wants. Like I want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> but that ain't happening right now. <laughs> I want a Lamborghini. Come on, somebody. That ain't happening right now. And, and, and so people that serve money, they never have enough. They say, well, if I just made 50000 a year, then I, 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 would, I would have enough. But then they get to 50000 and it's not enough. And then they get to 65000 It's never enough because we're serving money. Money isn't serving us. I know people with dual incomes at Chrysler that still don't have enough because they live far beyond their means, buying more than they need, living lifestyles they can't afford to impress people they don't even know. Making 100 to 150, I know people making 200K a year still don't have enough to pay the bills, still living off of MasterCard and Visa because it's never enough when you serve money. It's never enough. It's never enough. Am I helping anybody? Just wiggle your pinky toe at me. Something. <laughs> Let me know you're alive up in this church. 
How much money do I need to be secure? And some people answer, more than I have now. And when you get to that, you'll say, I need a little more to feel secure. And when you get to that, you'll say, I need a little more. The love of money is the root of all evil. Is money itself evil? No. It's what you do with it. It's, it's how it's attached to your heart, right? I, I could bring a steak knife up here. Is the knife evil? It's what I do with the knife. It's the intentions behind the person who's holding the knife. Where is their heart? I could cut a filet mignon. Come on, somebody, testify. I felt Jesus right there. Medium well, Oscar style. Come on, somebody. Anyway. Or I could take that knife and take someone's life. The knife itself is not evil. It's the intents of the heart. And so Jesus is trying to get something to us. He's trying to tell us, hey, stop working your fingers to the bone because it will never be enough. Stop buying and buying because it will never be enough. Stop going on trip after trip. It'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. And, and, and I've found that some people do this as a way of escape from some deep-hearted issues that they've never really dealt with. If I could just buy something, I don't have to deal with this. If I could just go somewhere, I don't have to deal with the real deep heart issues that I'm dealing with. If I could just drive this, then I don't have to deal with this. Hmm? Remember, my money promises only what God can provide. So the first indicator, if I'm serving money, is I never have enough. The second indicator of people who serve money is this. They find it increasingly difficult to give big. They find it increasingly difficult to give big. Stats show that the more money people make, the less they give. Like if you see the stats of millionaires, billionaires, the less money they give in proportion to people who have less. There was a widow woman in the Bible that Jesus talked about, and they were, it was tithe and offering time, and Jesus was sitting, and he was looking at who, who was given what. Imagine that. Jesus is watching what we give. And Jesus said this, this poor widow gave more in the offering than all the others put together. All you fat cats thought you was throwing in some big cheddar. All the others gave what they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. It always amazes me at the end of the year, we do our heart for the house, end of the year offering. It always amazes me, the single moms, the widows, the people on fixed incomes, what they give and the sacrifice they bring versus others who make double, triple, quadruple what they make. It always amazes me as a pastor. I'm like, wow. This is crazy. I know with this young lady, she can't make more than 25000 a year, and she brought that offering to God's house? Her heart is in the house. And people making two hundred and fifty k, and they're throwing in pennies. It always amazes me. And in our minds, we say, I'll give when I get a raise. I'll give to others when I pay off student loans. I'll give when my car is paid off, when my kids are graduated, when I get out of debt. I'll bring the tide to God's house then. I'll be generous then. 
But my friends, we have to make the decision now that we're gonna give now, that we're gonna tithe now, that we're gonna be a blessing to others, that we are not gonna be a reservoir that contains everything, but we would be a river in which God can trust his finances to flow to us so they can flow through us. Why? Because we do not serve money. We serve God and money serves us. We serve God. We serve God. We serve God. Third indicator, third indicator of people who love and serve money is this. They have money in the bank, but no peace in their hearts. Think about this. They have money in the bank, but they're bankrupt when it comes to peace in their hearts. Toys in the garage, lots of zeros in the account, clothes in the closet, but no peace. Proverbs 15, 16. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better to have a little with a lot of God than to have a lot with no God. Better to have a little peace than to have a lot of chaos and turmoil and being miserable. Because money may be able to buy you stuff and cars and houses and vacations, but it has no ability to buy you inner peace. It has no ability to buy you joy. No ability at all. And some think if I just had more money, my life would be better. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Some of you in here today, you make more money than your parents ever did. You make double and triple what your parents did. Some of you in here make more money than you ever dreamed you could make. But you have no peace. You have no peace. Because you're serving money. God's saying to us today, you can't serve both. Let me be number one on the throne of your heart. I want you to live the God first life. Seek first the kingdom and all the things will be added unto you. There's people on your row right now that make a third of what you make but have peace and joy. There's people in your row that live in what our culture considers poverty but they have the peace and presence and joy of God in their life. And you can't buy that, my friend. You can't buy that. There's people in here, you're under so much financial pressure. Your marriage is on the brink of divorce. The reason you have so much pressure is because you consume and you consume and you consume. Everything that comes in goes out. Everything that comes in, as fast as it comes in, before it comes in, it's already gone. And if more came in, that would be gone too. And we live this consumer mentality because that's what the culture says. Buy now, pay later. Buy now, pay later. You can live the life they're living. Just sign right here. And what happens is we wrongly believe that money is the answer to our problems. We wrongly believe that money is the answer to our problems. 
Money and more money isn't the answer to your problems. More of Jesus is the answer to your problems. More of him in your life is the answer to your marriage healing. More of God in your life is the answer to your kids coming back home to Christ. More of Jesus is the answer. Because I can tell you this, more money will not keep your kids off drugs. More money will not heal your body. More money will not heal your marriage. More money will not fill the void that you're searching for within your heart. More money won't do it. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And what I'm saying today is, church, we don't serve money. We serve God. We serve God. And when we serve God, he's able to take us. Maybe you were raised in abject poverty. He's able to take us out of that. When we serve him, we start to live this blessed life, and we put him first in our life. And he begins to show us ways to make money. He begins to open doors of opportunities for us to get promotions and jobs and better jobs in our life. When we serve God first, then money begins to serve us. We're not letting money tell us what to do, where to go. We're telling money where to go because we serve God because you can't serve both. Jesus said it. The world wants us to serve money, but we make the choice today to serve God. We're gonna serve God. We're gonna get our ducks in a row. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. For some today, it's starting to realize that you need to get your ducks in a row in the area of how you're managing your resources. And for some, it's just foolish spending's got to be cut out. Like my wife and I were for years, just buying things we didn't need to try to impress people that didn't even care. For some, it's cutting off that impulsive spending. For some, it's, it's getting out of credit card debt, cutting the card and realizing, okay, enough is enough. I'm living way beyond my means, and God, this is not God's best for my life. This is not what God intends for me to live. This is not the blessed life. For others, it's realizing that today, maybe I have been serving money. Maybe I put more faith and trust in the almighty dollar than I have the almighty God. And today, I'm going to make a decision to serve God instead of money. I'm going to work for God and not work for money. I'm going to allow God's blessing to come upon my life because he can do way, much, way more than I could ever dreamed of in the natural. For some, it's realizing that, that, man, I've been so consumed with serving money that I haven't been a blessing to others. I've just been taking care of myself. But today I realize I need to be a blessing. There's people God's sending across my path. There's a church that I'm connected to. There's a, there's a place where God asked me to bring a certain resource into his house, and I haven't been doing that. But today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start tithing. I'm going to start bringing 10% to God's house. I'm going to do it. I'm not, no longer going to serve money. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be faithful to what God asked me to do in his word. Wherever you're at, God wants to meet you where you're at. God is never there to shame us, but he's there to help us make better decisions in life. But he, he is looking for something, and that's called a surrendered heart. He's asking you to say, God, have your way. I surrender this to you. 
So I ask you, church, each and every one of us, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message today? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message today? As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, before we dismiss here, I want to make sure that everyone is right with God before we leave today. You never know when your last day on earth is. You never know when your heart could stop beating. We want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're far from God. Maybe you're here and your life's a mess. Maybe you're here and you're broken, you're hurting, you're addicted. I want you to know you're in the right place today. That's what this place is for. Maybe you're here and you used to serve God, but for whatever reason, you've fallen away. But today, you say, I'm ready to surrender my life once again to Jesus Christ. All over the auditorium, we're not here to embarrass you, to make you stand or anything like that. But before we pray with you, if you say, Jacob, that's me, include me in on this prayer, shoot that hand up right now. Shoot it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Hands up everywhere. Come on, throw that hand up if you're ready. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Yep. Anyone else want to be included? Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Hands up everywhere. Every section, hands up. Awesome. Let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Come live in me, and I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, let's rejoice. Once again, thanks for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to know more about us, be sure to visit us at thefuelchurch.com. It's also here where if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can click on the online giving tab. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we hope and pray you have a blessed week.